ball And then we let the backdrop kick While this cash crop drip I be stomping in these sixes Make the black top split like a tabernacle Or what have you Catch me swerving in the left lane of traffic for the magic for the kids with backwards caps. They bring it back to Jesus. It ain't hypothesis. I'll make your hypo like a thesis. Seek Chief Washington's moccasins on the Delphi block. Pocky out the box, dropping on the poppin' lock. Some think the city lights is where you copy God. I wouldn't trade one star for any of your coffee shops. Apostle stopping and watch plopping a rock. Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Gem City Gridiron Podcast. I am Dalton Van Pelt, the owner of Scotch on the Sidelines. And with that being said, let's get a sip. Things have gone a little stale, I feel. In the podcast, I'm not as excited as I have been in the past, so I decided to switch things up. A little peek behind the curtain. This week, I'm going off script. Last couple weeks, I've taken the time, written everything down, made sure my flow was impeccable. But I feel like me reading is not why you guys tune into this show. And I feel like I've lost a little bit of the audience. But my audience is small to begin with, let's be honest. There's 12 of us. But anyway, let's knock all that negativity out of the window. This week, I'm going off script. This is all from my head. I've got some internet tabs open in front of me. Speaking of which, let me get the NFL tab open real quick. My apologies. I forgot to pull this up. This week I didn't have many revelations besides the fact that I really didn't watch all that much football. Thursday night, I was watching baseball, playoffs, and LDS. Sunday morning, I was adulting, cooking. I watched most of the Bears-Raiders game in London. I saw Josh Jacobs tear up the Chicago Bears front seven, and that shocked me. The Bears defense is touted. Josh Jacobs ran all over them. That was wild. I sat him in my work league, as I'm sure most everyone else did. The Raiders pulled one out. I then, following most of my adulting, Tuned in for the Cowboys-Packers game. I shut it off around the beginning to uh, first quarter of the third quarter. I shut it off. I just couldn't handle it. Just after Dak Prescott's second interception, I turned it off. Me being a Cowboys fan, it really is a pain in the ass to watch them throw away a winnable game as the Cowboys move the ball like nobody's business. They did shut down the Packers' receivers, although, with Devontae Adams out, Marquez Valdez-Scantling wasn't able to do much. Jimmy Graham had a little bit of production. Aaron Jones, however, scored four touchdowns, which I did not see happening against the Dallas defense. I was sure the Packers would score plenty of points, but I didn't think it would come in that way. I figured Aaron Rodgers would tear us up, not so much Aaron Jones. I then skipped the Monday night game. Uh, I had to work overtime. 16-hour shifts are a factor of my life these days. Uh, I skipped it. Not much was missed. Baker Mayfield was benched with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. He had two picks, eight completions on 22 passes. Nick Chubb had a decent night. Thankfully for me, the 49ers defense held up, and I was able to get the win. Now, are the 49ers for real? I still don't believe it, but it's going to be very interesting to see them playing some legit teams. Hell, I would love to see a Bills 49ers game right now. Figure out which team is for real. Both with underwhelming quarterbacks. I know, Josh Allen, we all love him. But underwhelming. Good offenses. At least the 49ers have a great offensive mind. Kyle Shanahan is a genius. And the Bills' defense is very, very stout. The only notes I really have are the Dodgers in the sixth inning scored seven runs. It was something to watch. I was very excited. This year I found a newfound love for baseball. 
And I've always been a Dodgers fan. Now, I know that sounds weird. Don't hate me for being a fan of a team. I was born in Los Angeles. I've been a fan of the Dodgers since I was a child. I know it may be surprising to some. But let's not judge each other on based on our favorite teams. Who cares how long someone's been a fan or how they became a fan? We live in Wyoming, for God's sakes. There's not a team. But anyway, that's my short little rant. I'm sorry I go down that negative path a little bit. You'd think running a mile and a half after work would tone that down, but it didn't seem to work tonight. Those were my notes from the weekend. Like I said, I watched a lot of baseball, not so much football, which makes me a very uninformed analyst for the week's games, which is a poor representative for someone who's creating a podcast about fantasy football. Anyway, let's look at the numbers. Start this off with the news around the league. Deshaun Jackson, still dealing with an abdomen injury. He is rehabbing, but getting close to returning. James O'Shaughnessy, breakout tight end for the Jaguars. I'm sure you guys know his name as we are obsessed with fantasy football. Speaking of which, why do I always preface, I'm sure you guys know this guy's name, or I don't think you guys know this guy's name. I'm not giving you guys enough credit. From now on, I'll try to check myself on making that claim that you guys don't know who the fuck I'm talking about. And I'm just going to give you the stats. Let's try this again. James O'Shaughnessy, he tore his ACL. He's out for the season. Look to the Jaguars to find a new red zone threat. Let's scroll up here. Mason Rudolph, he forgot his first 20 birthdays on Sunday. I didn't see the hit, although I did see the highlight of him being carried off of the field because the cart wouldn't work. It was just a really sad, weird-looking video, although unfortunately kind of goofy because it's just weird to see a player without a face mask in today's day and age. I mean, I have been watching a lot of highlights from the early days of football just to educate myself, but that looked weird. That was just a weird situation. Mason Rudolph forget forgot 20 birthdays on Sunday. Could you imagine what it would be like to forget your first 20 years as a person? Because that's what Mason Rudolph had to go through. I mean, we all know he forgot his 21st birthday. For those of you that were attended mine, you understand what I'm saying. Marquise Brown suffered an ankle injury. It's nothing serious. A.J. Green is still out. Son of a bitch. Richard Higgins. He's got a knee injury. He'll probably be back for week six. None of us have him rostered. Doesn't matter. David Johnson. He has a back injury. This will be monitored all week leading up to Sunday's matchup against the Falcons. Hopefully, he's 100%. If not, surprisingly, it's not a great matchup against the Falcons, but that might be because they've been getting tore up in the passing game. Look for David Johnson to still put up at least 10 points, I hope. Sterling Shepard, he's got a concussion. It was a pretty brutal concussion. We talked about it last week. He is reportedly going to be out for quite a while. They play the Patriots on Thursday night. Shepard's absence clears the way for Golden Tate to work as the offensive full-time slot wide receiver with Darius Slayton and Cody Latimer filling out three wide receiver sets on the outside. None of them should be considered fantasy options, although it should be the targets should be looked at. Nobody's going to have production against the Patriots. Most of what I just said is credit to Ralph Vassiano on Twitter. I don't know why I just credited that man. I'm not monetizing this. Whatever. Somebody's got to work. Philip Dorsett's got a hamstring injury. His status for week six is questionable. Uh, let's see here. Evan Ingram, knee injury. He's a game-time decision for week six, Thursday night. Initially, it was thought that he was a long shot play in week six but as we've seen with uh, the Ravens tight end Mark Andrews week by week it doesn't matter tight ends they will get open they play more off size than speed although Evan Ingram's target share cannot be ignored he probably should be started if he's playing Wayne Gallman he lasted a week he got a concussion as well he's not expected to play in week six 
Saquon Barkley is not expected back in week six. The running back situation is up in the air. Uh, I'm not going to butcher the guy's name of who's going to be the starting running back. I can't remember. Let's see if I can find it. I apologize. I was very unprepared. Partly the reason why I'm doing this the way I'm doing it. You guys can find out that information later this week. Moving on. Scrolling up. Cam Newton's ruled out for week six. Although he is now out of his walking boot, he's going to take it slow. He believes that his injury is a hindrance to his team, and he doesn't want to return until he is fully healthy. Jalen Samuels has a knee issue. He's having arthroscopic knee scope, and he'll be out at least a month, according to Mike Tomlin. James Washington is questionable for week six. I dropped him. Have at it. He's not been productive. And the Patriot or Steelers are now on their third quarterback. I expect Mason Rudolph not to rush back. That was a pretty gruesome hit. All right. And the big news. Jay Gruden has been fired. That's very unfortunate. I'm sure he'll be picked up. He is a good offensive mind. He did great for the Bengals and Marvin Lewis. Expect him to get picked up in the offseason as a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, wide receiver coach, somewhere in that vein. The Washington Post, this is per Mark Maskey on Twitter. Washington Post reports, many in the league are convinced the Redskins will eventually promote offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell to replace fired coach Jay Gruden. Now that puts up in the air what's going to happen with the Washington Redskins offensive players. Which quarterback are they going to start? Does Adrian Peterson's production go up? Does Terry McLaurin's production go down? Lots of questions in Washington. I'm still starting Terry in the flex because I don't have any options, let's be honest. On that note, let's take a sip, take a break, and we'll get into the matchups. thought I had while I was on break, sipping some scotch, eating some dinner. There's another ticket behind the fourth wall. Speaking of fourth walls and a conspiracy theory, on Friday night, I went and saw The Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix. I'm just going to give you guys a tip. That is a must-see movie. I was thoroughly impressed. Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal of the Joker was extremely creepy. And I'm already saying too much. I'm just telling you guys. Go and see it. It's got my approval. I wasn't a huge fan going into it. My buddy convinced me to go and see it with him. Do it. Don't bring any children. Don't do it. Another thing that happened... Cody Blaster Englert. My man had a kid. I know that multiple people have touched on it in the Facebook group, but I just wanted to say one more more time, a heartfelt congratulations to Blaster. You're going to do great, man. Very happy for you guys. All right, let's move on back to fantasy football. We're going to go over the matchups. First one, Comerica Industries up against the Eagle is landed. Score was 191.44 to 126.56. This brings Big Mike to 4-1. and one. 
This also puts Big Mike first overall with 600 and, no, excuse me, 734.7 points for the season. Big Mike put the wood on Bill. He drops to two and three, and he is now 10th in the league, currently out of the playoff standing. <clears throat> Big performers for Big Mike include AFC West running backs, Philip Lindsay, Josh Jacobs. He got 28 points from Allen Robinson as well. Allen Robinson finally decides to show up, and he does so in London, scoring two touchdown passes from a backup quarterback by the name of Chase Daniel. And that was about the only offense the Bears had all game. He also got 35 from the Philadelphia Eagles defense, who scored two defensive touchdowns on the hapless Jets. Bill got 14 from his kicker, Zane Gonzalez. Got to love seeing kicker score a lot of points. And he got 23 from Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette has been on a tear lately. He has done very well. We mentioned injuries in the previous segment. David Johnson scored 18.6 for Bill, and the Eagle has landed. Hopefully he has the use of him next week. Between uh, Big Mike's defense and wide receivers, they scored 105.3 points. Now that would have been enough to beat quite a few people this week. Well, I misspoke. Just one. Dark Horse, of course. Let's see. Sorry, just scrolling through some facts. Bill completed a trade this week. He traded two-time champion... Cody Sackett. And the trade is as follows. I'm sorry, I'm scrolling through here. I don't know why I keep apologizing, but I feel like it's only appropriate. Two-time champ traded Josh Gordon, Latavius Murray to Bill for T.Y. Hilton and Jalen Samuels. Bill started Josh Gordon this week, who scored him 10.9 points. It's not bad. Uh, Josh Gordon has been around that amount of points so far this season. Next matchup. One of the closer ones this week. Actually the closest. We had the father taking out Cole and show me the money. Blaster is now sitting at 4-1 in second place. He scored 129.22 points this week. Getting 40 Seven points from Christian McCaffrey. My God. Without him, we'd be singing a different tune. While Cole and Show Me the Money is now in ninth place, just out of the playoffs, sitting at two and three. He scored 122.82 points this week, getting another great outing from Cortland Sutton. Ooh, he may have had some of the riskiest plays this week, starting DK Metcalf, who scored him 12.4. Demarcus Robinson scoring 6, so that one didn't really pan out. Melvin Gordon might have been the riskiest play of the week. Cole keeps coming in with these risky plays, and they keep paying off. Melvin Gordon scored 7.8. Had it been 9 more points from any of these risky plays, he would have been 3-3. and Excuse me, 3-2. and Math is hard. Russell Wilson put on an absolute show, giving Cole 29 points. And let's see here the points break down. Cole scored 30 points more than the projections saw him scoring, while Blaster only scored three more points than projections had shown. Coming out the gates, Cole went out to a commanding lead, being up somewhere around 50 to 0 coming out of Thursday night. Oh, no. Starting Sunday morning. Excuse me. Let's move on to the next matchup. The Brother Bowl. Brother Bear. Zach. And 
Lucas Stewart. Luke lost again. He got a little ahead of himself. That's okay. Shit happens. Score was 152.6 to Zach, who is now sitting at 3-2 and two in 6th place, to 114.04, and Luke, who is now 1-4, sadly in 11th place. Keys to Zach's dominance of his kid brother, 22 points from Austin Eckler, despite the return of Melvin Gordon, 20 from George Kittle, who seems to finally be getting on track, 31 from Chris Godwin, who's just out of control. And 14 from Justin Tucker. Kickers, man. Gotta love them. Now let me pull up the Hall of Records really quick. And see what the all-time matchup between the brothers is. Do they have a rivalry? Here we go. Scrolling down. Old computer. Takes a little bit of time. Ah, it's called the Dale Brennan Bowl. And Zach has taken a lead. Just now, this week. He's now up 4-3 to three on his kid brother. We'll see if they match up again in the playoffs. Otherwise, Luke's going to have to wait till next season for a rebuttal. Let's move on. Won't touch on it too much. Matthew matches his season wins from last year. Going 3-2 and two against Dark Horse, 117.7 and 96.7. Once again, Dark Horse... Keeping it close, Matthew didn't have much of a lead until much later in this matchup. He got a 0 from Mike Evans, a 1.9 from Emmanuel Sanders, a 3.2 from Dawson Knox, a 5.1 from Cole Beasley, 2 from the Rams defense, but 31 from Matt Ryan saved the day, and 39 from Amari Cooper. That was a very close game. Matt is very lucky that he was able to beat Garrett Brinkman and Dark Horse. My matchup this week, I ended up beating Patrick, surviving Monday night, 152.34, now sitting in fifth place to 136.52. Patrick sitting in seventh. This win was huge for seeding. I got out of the division, divisional games, three and two. <clears throat> Big performances from Alvin Kamara, as always, 16. Adam Thielen, 32. Cooper Cup, 26. Sony Michelle, 21. He finally got going. And Dak Prescott, 23, despite three picks. <clears throat> Unfortunately, Odell Beckham Jr. only scored five on Monday night. And Robbie Gold only scored seven. Pat was down a decent amount and was only able to score about 12 going into or leaving Monday night, excuse me. And last matchup of the week, two of the highest scoring teams in history, two of the best teams in history, the most winningest teams in history. Stuart Brinkman took out the two-time champ, 153.04 to 126.5. The Brinks now sitting in third place at 3-2. And, and our two-time champs now at 2-3, and three, sitting in eighth place, barely in the playoffs. Keys to the Brinks victory were 25 from Dalvin Cook, 41 from Michael Thomas, and he took a donut from Greg Olson and still got the win. Makes sense looking at it. Sackett didn't get much from anybody outside of Aaron Jones with 49.2 points, scoring four touchdowns on my Dallas Cowboys defense. Despicable. Well, that's it for the matchups. Let's see here. I did want to take a look at a couple other things. I was able to get clarification. The new starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Zach, pay attention. <clears throat> His name's Devlin Hodges. Now, where did Devlin Hodges 
Go to college. Devlin Kyle, excuse me, <laughs> it's a hard name. Devlin Hodges is 23 years old, born on April 12, 1996, from Kimberly, Alabama. He is six foot one. He attended Samford University. <clears throat> he wears number six. He looks like a kicker. Sorry. Just looking at the picture. By the way, this week's thumbnail. Mason Rudolph forgetting 20 birthdays. Let's look at something else. <clears throat> the free agent <laughs> waiver wire is just bone dry. Good on you guys for picking up just about everybody who exists. There's really nothing on this waiver wire. But I did get clarification on who the new starting running back of the New York Giants is, although you're not going to want to play him this week. They are going against New England. His name's John Hillman. He wears number 28. Let's get his stats from the Google and Wikipedia. <clears throat> John Hillman. Oof. It is really hard find information on this guy. I'm still looking. John Hillman is also 23 years old. He is from Rutgers University. He's averaged 2.2 yards per attempt so far this season, albeit on very few attempts. We'll see how he turns out. All right. We went over the standings. Division leaders are Big Mike and Blaster. Our two four and one teams are in charge so far this year. Let's see, we went over the standings, we went over the matchups. Let's go over another thing. <clears throat> I forgot this segment last week. It might have been two weeks, I'm not hundred percent sure. It's focused on the quarterly awards. Let's test our medal in the test your medal segment against NFL fantasy football rankers. This week we go up against Tristan H. Cockroft. And I must say, this is getting more and more challenging as things are starting to pan out and trends are starting to become a thing. <clears throat> this week we're going to say Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, will not be a top 12 quarterback. Running backs. <clears throat> Sorry, let me take a drink of water real quick. Clear my throat. Nick Chubb will not be a top 12 running back this week. Wide receiver. Easy one. Devontae Adams going against the Detroit defense, which has actually been very good this year. <clears throat> Not going to be a top 12 wide receiver. Sorry, Tristan. And a tight end. I don't know why everyone's got this guy so high. Gerald Everett of Los Angeles Rams will not be a top 12 tight end this week. Don't forget, guys, the Buffalo Bills, Chicago Bears, Indianapolis Colts, and Oakland Raiders are all on buys in week six. Adjust your rosters accordingly. <sighs> all right, in, impromptu. Impromptu. All right, guys. Had some issues getting some interviews rounded up. So I've got a special guest here with me today. It's the commish. What's going on, guys? So, uh, a game's already happened. I know I usually have all this out by then. My apologies. Recording this on a Saturday afternoon. I'm going to release it here in the next about 30 minutes. Uh, we'll see how long we go. Just going to update all you guys on a few injury things, some funny things, and then we'll take a look at some statistics from the fantasy season. Uh, I'm up here in Sheridan, hanging out with Zach. We... 
we're touching on some weird stats from the season, so I figured we just do a little update, add it as an addition from what was previously recorded so we can get this out for you. Let's start with some news. Zach, you want to read the first couple? Sure, yeah. Um, obviously, we've played Thursday night games, so everyone knows that Evan Ingram and Rex Burkett and Philip Dorsett were all out. Obviously, everybody got them all out of their lineups, which is great. Case Keenum gets the nod week six versus Miami. And following another savage hit on Mason Rudolph, which wasn't by this guy, but still, the NFL decided to uphold Vontez Burfick's year-long suspension. This, these events may be related, but they may not be. I think it's more fun to say that they are kind of related. Yeah, I'm glad they got him out of the league. He's just been pretty bad for the league. Uh, Deshaun Jackson is also out for week six. Um, we also missed on Chris Herndon. Um, couldn't get even right with his four-game suspension. Pulled the hammy during workouts late in his suspension. Without the use of PEDs, he will miss week six and seven. <laughs> Maybe he needed the steroids. Uh, hopefully he doesn't do it again or, or he doesn't get caught. Or he doesn't want to play for the Jets. Or he doesn't want to play for the Jets. Maybe he pulled his hammy the same way Jalen Ramsey pulled his back. <laughs> Brandon Cooks will play despite a concussion last week. Um, going back to the Thursday night games, Josh Gordon was forced from the Thursday night game with a left knee injury. Um, Bill did not start him, so good for you. Same thing with John Hilleman. Matt did not play him, which is a good thing because the Giants dropped his ass after 30 carries, two fumbles and only 91 yards, and added a few catches for zero yards. In the corresponding move, they added the Infamous Javorius Buck Allen for next week. Marquise Brown is a game-time decision. Sammy Watkins is doubtful. And Tyreek Hill is a game-time decision, as well as Devontae Adams being out. Good news for Dalton. Uh, Mark (laughs) Andrews is expected to play through a shoulder injury. Um, Not great news. Alvin Kamara was a late addition to the injury report with an ankle injury, but is currently questionable. I believe he will end up playing. I'm going to touch on something that is near and dear to Zach's heart. Jordan Reed. How many years did you have him? I had him for a few, but I'm not, haven't been keen on him the last couple of years. Jordan Reed is now on IR once again, and he has spread his concussion woes to teammate Vernon Davis. Unfortunately, suffered a concussion as well. He is out. You never want to see that. Head injuries are traumatic. Luckily, I never suffered any when I played for all of you um, wanting. If anybody wants any sort of Redskins, go ahead and feel free and go grab Jordan Sprinkle, guys. I have two Redskins. I think I'll pass. Go get them. Jordan Sprinkle, tight end, Washington Redskins. I will say that I I heard a really fun highlight from Booger McFarland. They took every single time. This was on the Dan Lambertard show, by the way. I've been a huge fan of it recently. They took every time he said Sprinkle on that Monday night game that Washington played and made it into a montage. It was really hilarious. Look for that on Twitter. My favorite uh, Booger McFarlane thing is when he insulted Kelvin Benjamin and called him one Popeye's biscuit away from a tight end. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was last year when he was the on-field analyst. That was probably one of my favorite Booger McFarlane. When he was on that scooter or whatever it was. The the Booger machine or something? I don't know. I don't know. No, one Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end. (laughs) How does someone get the nickname or the name Booger, do you think? Maybe he uh, ate his boogers. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's one way. Or he's just a, you know, he was a defensive player, so maybe he was slippery like a booger. <laughs> Interesting take on boogers. Uh, David Johnson is a game-time decision, but is likely to play. Those two tweets came three minutes apart from two different sources. Look for him to play and probably get around 10 points like I reported before. That's right, reported. Christian Kirk is a game-time decision. How has he been doing this year? Have you been paying attention to Christian Kirk? He's on Pat's team, right? Yeah, he's on Pat's team. He's been doing pretty well. He leads, I believe he leads the, the Cardinals in targets, but um, just been hasn't been catching touchdowns, you know, that air raid offense. He's been targeted quite a bit with Kyler, but... Hasn't produced in the end zone yet, so he's, he's probably a top twenty-five tight end, uh, top twenty-five receiver, but he just hasn't produced getting touchdowns. 
Uh, speaking of tight ends, uh, George Kittle was a late addition to the injury report, which sucks. Late additions always aren't very, aren't very good. Um, but uh, Shanahan Jr. did say he is expected to play. Um, speaking of expecting to play, TJ Hawkinson is on pace to play following the following a leaping concussion and a shoulder injury. Um, he did practice throughout the week, and he is expected to play him on Monday night if you want to roll the dice. With Hawkinson. Yeah, with Hawkinson. Late, I mean, late game on Monday, you don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, it's it's going to be a questionable Let's be honest, TJ Hawkinson rolled the dice when he jumped into the air. As I touched on before, he was just about as athletic as I am. I'm pretty sure Dawson Knox is hurt maybe a little bit worse yeah okay Dawson Knox was more like me leaping as we, I, I don't we, know I don't even know if it was, it was a hurdle he just kind of like jumped and the guy just like flipped him in the air fair enough Todd Gurley just just came out this afternoon he's ruled out for week six making Malcolm Brown a must add on the waiver wire sorry Pat you just dropped him but there may be some contribution from highly drafted Daryl Henderson as well as what is his name again Daryl Henderson and activated from the practice squad John Kelly. That's his name, John Kelly. He wore number 42. He was huge in the preseason. He was on everybody's watch list uh, as the handcuff to Todd Gurley last year, and then the guy didn't make the team, which was really funny, Uh, as well as hail to the Redskins. The Redskins. As Matthew Berry would say, they promoted Bill Callahan to interim head coach from the offensive line coach. This guy actually used to be the Dallas Cowboys offensive line coach. Fun fact. So, so with, with Bill Callahan being the interim head coach, do you see any upgrade for any Redskins players? Even though it is a dumpster fire in Washington. So, I, I believe there's two guys you can play this week from the Redskins. Who are they? Terry McLaurin. And you, you heard it here first. Adrian Peterson. Peterson, Peterson, all day, baby. Um, I think I think he's a, a good play this week. Obviously, in super deep leagues, I'm not sure if he'd be eligible in our league right now, based on um, who who has him. I think uh, Stewart has him this week. Um, I think Stewart's got good running backs this week. But I, I I've, I'm playing Peterson in another league. If that gives you any any indication, didn't we see him on the injury report, Peterson? Yeah. No. Hold on while we check. Go ahead and filibuster. Uh, I'm kind of frightened to play Terry McLaurin this week, but uh, yeah, but they're playing the Dolphins. That that's one crapshoot of a game. I saw a thing. It was like a power index on how interesting the game is going to be is from zero to hundred. I think this they said this the first ever zero rating between the Dolphins and the Redskins. I for sure am not going to watch that game. So I just pulled up Roto World. Uh, I don't think we're going to get that game anyway. That's it's not a problem. But I just pulled up Roto World. This, the thing that I was reading I thought was an injury was actually they were expected to feature Adrian Peterson week six versus the Dolphins, well, which is good news. Uh, Peterson is a locked-in flex play for week six. I'm just going to pull up a graphic for Zach's viewing pleasure. <clears throat> I saw this on Twitter, I believe. It is the Tank Bowl graphic for Dolphins and Redskins. Actually, you know don't what? It was on the, the NFL memes page. On don't Facebook. forget, don't forget about the Bengals. <laughs> right they're, here, they're quietly zero and five as well. Yeah, but I, I, they're an actual NFL team. Look at this right there. I don't know, they play in Cincinnati, October thirteenth, October thirteenth, two thousand nineteen, Hard Rock Stadium, the Tank Bowl of two thousand nineteen. Get ready to have your eyes bleed watching perhaps the worst game ever. And that, that's a quick little... But, 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 but here's the thing. Whoever wins that game, the Bengals are going to supersede whoever wins that game because the Bengals are going to lose to the Ravens. The Bengals are going to lose to the Ravens? Yeah. So whoever loses this game, and then it's the Ravens. So, so who, one of these teams, they could lose out. Whoever wins this game, they could lose out on Tua Tagovailoa. Whoever loses this game? Or, or Jerry Judy. Whoever wins this game. I honestly don't think the Redskins would go after Tua. No, I don't think so either. They, they might want to win just so another team has to take Tua, and then they could take Jerry Judy. Yeah. Is Jerry Judy still up there? Yeah, Jerry Judy's like top three project uh, prospects on uh, Kuiper and Vic Shea. I'll be honest with you. I have watched zero college football this year. But, I mean, if you think about all those Alabama receivers. 
Don't they have another one who's just as good as Judy? Just, yeah, but just he's yeah, out? he's a few years younger. But right. two years ago, when when Tua threw the game-winning touchdown pass, it was freshman to freshman, and it was to Jerry Judy. Um, so I expect Jerry Judy to be a top five pick next year. That's not saying You're much. Right. Um, so heads up for next year for fantasy guys, Jerry Judy, so Alabama. We have a 7.30 in the morning game tomorrow. Yes, we have a London game. Carolina and Tampa Bay. I actually didn't realize that this was going on. It's nationally televised on the NFL Network, making it a little challenging to watch. Although Zach and I will find a way to watch this game tomorrow morning. And I'm in Sheridan. As we're looking at this, um, it has the average ticket price games, t- ticket prices for the games in London. If somehow you can make it over there, it is a... Tickets as low as $22. But if you really want to go to Miami, they're as low as $17. I'm sure you could scalp them for a buck, maybe. Maybe a ham sandwich <laughs> on the streets of Miami. I've never had a $17 ham sandwich, but uh, I've go also... Go to Miami. Never... I'm sure they're $17. Hold on. Let's look at the plane ticket prices. See how cheap you could get yourself to Miami and in the stadium. What time? Is it a 1 o'clock kickoff? <clears throat> let's see here. If we left right now... Yeah, it's got to be a 1 to o'clock. To the airport in Billings... What would the price be? I'm sure it's obviously an early game. It's a it's a one o'clock kickoff. Um, nobody wants to watch that game, so I'm sure. I, I'm sure. Why why didn't they put this game in London? Dolphins they, game? Yeah, they always we always send the bad teams over to to London because no one wants to watch them in the United States. Let's see. It pulled it up automatically. We're gonna do two passengers go to Sheridan go to Miami. You think Billings is gonna be cheaper? Yeah. We are live shooting this, well, recording this as we are using the Google machine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. We're gonna fly tonight, if it'll let us. Can we get a flight tonight? Probably not. This is gonna be very expensive because it's tonight. But it, I'm just curious what what we'd be looking at. Total price. Return on Monday. <clears throat> yeah, we'll return on Monday, October 14th. Search. All right, boys. Oh. Ooh. Pricey. Do not fly the same day as uh, the day before. You may oh, be God. you may be able to get a seventeen dollar ticket, but man, it is going to cost you twenty four hundred dollars to get down to Miami tomorrow. Now, guys, looks like according to ESPN, you can get a ticket for two hundred and thirty two dollars on Sunday Night Watch Pittsburgh at Los Angeles. You you can watch Devlin Hodges against Philip Rivers in a soccer stadium. In a soccer stadium <laughs> in Los Angeles. I would not pay $232. Those are some dedicated fans down there in Los Angeles. Ooh, actually, the cheapest ticket is Atlanta at Arizona as low as $14. Get the fuck out of here. Right you. there, down to Arizona. That's probably a pretty cheap flight if you want to go down to Arizona. Let's look at the flights one more time. I'm sorry, I closed out of it. I'm I'm curious. This I'm sure it's going to be just as expensive because it's ridiculous trying to fly somewhere today. But it's a late game. You might be able to take an early morning flight so tomorrow. We're going to fly out tomorrow morning. Yeah, and fly we're out tomorrow to morning to Phoenix. Phoenix. They actually play in Tempe. Fun fact. Whoa! What just happened here? We're not going to Delhi. What? You're spelling Phoenix wrong. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. It's an O before the E. Uh, we're doing all, all airport. airports. And we are going tomorrow morning, October 13th. And I'll return on Monday. I'll return on Monday. Guys, never do this. This would be a terrible way Last to go minute. to a game. Now, it's kind of frustrating, actually, having to go somewhere else to see a game. We're very far from NFL. Oh, not too not bad. bad. Not too bad. If you want to go down to Arizona and watch the Cardinals play, it's going to be a tight window. That's pretty tight. You're probably going to have to go here. Yeah. Uh, it's you- still going to cost you $1,100. Uh, there's, a, there's a flight at 715, but you're not getting until 220. The game starts at 225. So unless you go right from the airport to the game, you might get there mid-first mid quarter. I mean, you're only probably bringing a carry-on anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're, you're, you're looking between 700 and 1100 bucks. That's still better than $2,400 to go watch a shitty game in Miami. Listen, guys, you're only wearing one pair of underwear. It's not a huge deal. You might, not even, you might just be able to go to the game and go right back to the airport. <laughs> you might as well just land and then wait at the airport because that's how good that game is going to be, even though it's involving Kyler Murray. All right, well, let's get back on track and talk about some fantasy. 
All right, Zach, if you want to pull up on your phone the stats we were discussing a moment ago, he was trying to unload all of his content before we even got recording. Uh, quickly, I'll go over the, the morning games. And you know what? This might be fun. I'm going to try to take a guess at which game we're going to be able to see on CBS and Fox tomorrow morning. If I had to guess, we are going to get the Houston at Kansas City game on CBS. What do you think? On CBS. There's only two other options. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I expect to get two morning games because the Denver Broncos play on CBS in the afternoon. Which means we're probably not getting an afternoon Fox game. Exactly. There's only two Fox games. Two, there's only one, two Fox games in the afternoon. Um, I would expect then to see on Fox, I would say Philadelphia and Minnesota. In the early slate? In the early slot. And only get one game in the afternoon. Um, I agree with that. But, but, but if we do get only one game in the morning, I would expect it to be Houston and Kansas City. And then along with the Denver game, I would expect to see San Francisco and Los Angeles. Yeah. The Rams. I'd, I'd say that's a good. If we get two games tomorrow, yeah. we're all on the same TV schedule. So Yeah. Now, you being a Pittsburgh fan, how many points do they score on Sunday night? I actually I pick so I picked the game in an online pool. I I picked the Chargers to win. Um, it's in Los you don't Angeles. Believe in, you don't believe in Devlin Hodges? Not quite. Not yet. I got to see a few more starts. But Mason Rudolph probably be back next week anyway. Do you know where Samson University is? It's Sanford. Sanford. Exactly. No. <laughs> no. I have a feeling it's in New York. Let's also use. The I'm going to say Vermont. You're going to say Vermont. Say I think Vermont. it's in the uh, North North uh, New England area. It's Sam. Ford. Sanford. N. No, it's an M. Sam Ford. Sam Ford? Yes. Birmingham, Alabama. Wow. We were, we were Shocker. both pretty far, pretty far off. You know what? That actually makes sense because on uh, earlier in this podcast, I talked about where he was born, and Devlin Hodges was born in Alabama. Alabama, so he's a hometown boy. That's right. Man, do you think we could pull up an interview from Devlin Hodges? Probably not. No? All right, so you took um, the Chargers. So I win. took the Chargers. I, I picked the game 28-13. to 13. I expect them to get, um, you know, a touchdown, maybe two, uh, maybe go for two late, just to try to make it interesting. Um, I, I expect, I, I don't know who's going to catch a touchdown pass. Honestly, someone's catching a touchdown pass for the Steelers. I think so because James Conner hasn't been great. They're going to stack the box, seven, eight man boxes against James Conner. Is it going to be a half inch pass, or is it going to be down the field? It, it, you know, it might be. It might be a one yard sneak by a. Um, um, the fullback. By the fullback? Roosevelt Knicks. Is that who it is? It might be Roosevelt Knicks. Man, you know that um, roster pretty well. Or, it, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster had a good report with him last week before he fumbled in, in overtime against the Ravens. Um, I, I, Juju could have a good game. I mean, he's You been, think Juju's going to have a good game? He could. I mean. I'm who, definitely who, benching him in my work league. I mean, he could. It, it could be. It also could be a big Vance McDonald or Nick Vanette game. I mean, tight ends. Um, Give me one prediction. Or, or, or it could be, you know, it could be uh, Benny Snell Jr. So your one prediction for this game is there's gonna Pittsburgh is gonna score one touchdown and it's gonna be a passing touchdown. I think this. They could. I think they score two touchdowns and then they'll go for two. They're gonna score two touchdowns and go for two. All right, that's a good enough prediction for me. And then they'll go for two and they won't make it. I, I think it could be a, cl- a close game in the third quarter and they go for two. And then and San Diego then, runs away. Then with San Diego it. runs away with it and scores a late touchdown. Um, that's maybe a long it. run from a Melvin Gordon or an Austin Eckler. I'm preferring an Austin Eckler. I'm sure you would. <clears throat> now, who would you take on Monday night between Green Bay and Detroit? Fun fact, um, I believe when I've heard listening to other podcasts, Detroit's won the last four Have against they? Green Bay. They've won the last at Gra- four at Green Bay or two at and four two. field two and two. They've won the last four, three or four games against Green Bay. Wow. Um, Detroit, they have two weeks prep. They had a bye week last week. So Matt Patricia, Bill Belichick disciple. This became very uneventful for the podcast because I wanted to take the Detroit argument, and uh, you made my argument for me. <laughs> Looks like we're both taking Detroit on Monday night. Would you have a gander at what score you think that would be? Well, I didn't say they were going to beat them. No. I think they could. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a very low scoring game. Honestly, okay. I'm, I'm thinking 16-10. Um, I'm thinking 
17-13. I think Green Bay squeaks it out at home, though. I think they do. I think they do win minus. I think they're gonna. I think Aaron Rodgers could still have a good game. Um, Aaron Jones. They're gonna try to bottleneck them. Detroit's very good in the pass defense. They're, both defenses are very good this year. So that's why I think it's gonna be a low scoring game. 17-13. I'll take Green Bay. You're gonna take Green Bay at home at Lambeau. Yeah. I'll say 27-23 Detroit. That's pretty high. I think. I yeah. That's that's pretty high. What's the over under on this game? Hold on. While I look this up. Do you have any – pull up your phone. Get the, get these stats rolling. While I look this up, you can start talking about the stats we had discussed from the fantasy Yeah, so I, I, was a, I was asking you earlier, um, who do you think is the number one scoring team in the league? And you said? I said Cody Engler. Which he is not. He's actually the fourth highest scoring team in the league at 717.38 points. The highest scoring team is actually – Someone I would have guessed, one of the best that's been here since the beginning, Stuart Brinkman, 774.14 with me right behind him at 770.96. So going back to this, we'll finish this segment real quick, and we'll go back to what you were just discussing. I finally got the stat. I'm going to guess. What do you think the over-under is for Detroit Green Bay? 46.5. Whew, that was very close. 45. Oh, I was going to say... So you're taking the under, I'm taking the over. I'm taking the under, and I'm taking Green Bay. Do we have any current bets going? What was the spread? I'm saying... saying, I think It's four for Green Bay. Minus four Green Bay. That means it'd be a push. I said 17-13. And I said it was Detroit. Yeah, you took the outright win anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I'm right on the line, yeah, 17 Do you want to take the over-under, or do you want to take the spread? I'll take the over-under. I'll take the under. You'll take under at 45? Yeah. I'll take the over. Put it on the board! Put it on the board. All right. Uh, go, ahead, go ahead and keep going. The second question he asked me was, who had the most points who, against? Yeah, who has the highest points against? So, and, of course, I said Lucas Stewart. So the toughest schedule. Actually, Luke, Luke has had a very low points against. He's just had very... Luke's only scored 575 points. What is his points against? 615. That's actually last in our conference. Is it really? He's actually, yeah, he's last in points for, and he's last in points against. So he just hasn't had a very good five-week start. You know, to be honest, that actually shocks me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's he's lost a couple close games. I mean, my game, it wasn't very high scoring against him. Um, Sackett's, I mean, he beat Sackett in a pretty low scoring game. Um, actually, the high, the highest points against is actually Bill. Um, he's sitting at two and three, right? Yeah, Bill's sitting at two and three. Couple tough games, and he's lost a lot of close games. People have scored eight hundred and fifteen points against Bill in in five weeks. And for for instance, like Luke has only played against six hundred and fifteen, two hundred less points. That's 40, 40 points a week. It looks like Bill's playing some pretty terrible defense. I mean, and, and he's, he's getting a rough. He's, go. Get, he's getting a rough draw. I mean, granted, three of the top four scoring teams are in that conference. Um, the number one scoring teams, Brinkman. Number two is myself. Number three. So the top three scoring teams are in our conference. Now here you go, bringing up the conference things again. The last time I checked, Cheeses had more playoff teams at the moment. They are actually equal. They're equal. They last equal. week we had one more. They are equal. The Meats Division has. Teams number one, three, six, and eight. The Cheeses has two, four, five, and seven. So the teams on the outside looking in um, are Bill and Luke and Cole and Garrett. So each team, each conference has four teams in the playoffs right now. Um, I think once uh, the Meats division crosses over to the Cheeses, it's going to be a long six weeks for the for the cheeses. That starts next week. Yeah, this starts, week. This week. Starts tomorrow morning. Starts tomorrow. Actually, it starts on Thursday. Thursday. I think the cheeses are going to outperform what your prediction is. By the rest of the season? Yes. Average out the points real quick. While we do that, while he averages out the points, I'm going to pull up a calculator on the computer for him. I'm just going to touch on the sponsor for this week. Actually, let's be honest, it's a hopeful sponsor. I wish we were sponsored. I'm really just uh, 
presenting this for you guys, for the 12 of us. I really am enjoying this league. Zach is going to do the averages of everyone in the meats division and everyone in the cheeses division. And we're going to get that statistic so far. Hopefully, what I said before is still accurate. This episode is sponsored by Jura, single malt scotch whiskey. Currently, Zach and I are drinking the Seven Wood Expression. For those of you that don't know what an expression is, it's just another form of a whiskey, would you say? No. It's another version. Yes. It's another version of a whiskey. This Seven Wood is 42% alcohol. And at this point, I'm just filling. Zachary, what do the numbers say so far? Are you still waiting? Yeah, so are we talking total points? Divided by six. Divided by six. So the meats division on average per team through five weeks? Yes. 690. Oh. So uh, the meats division is averaging 138.29 points. For the cheeses division, give me one second. All right, I'll filibuster while we wait. At this point, 138.29 points per week. That is actually a really good number. I wish I scored 138 points per week. The filibustering has discontinued. There's going to be some dead air time. There, I apologize. Just based on the sheer numbers... Um, I mean, you guys have Dark Horse in your conference, so that's going to be tough anyway. Uh, divided by five. Oh, wait, no. What'd you do there? Oh, give me one second. Oh, jeez. Sorry, guys. Math is hard, guys. It is hard, especially on a calculator. <clears throat> we have two of them currently. Three. He's got his work phone out. He's got his fantasy out. I've got Hey, a- guys, I am just like Adam Schefter. I'm a two-phone guy. I've got a calculator up on the computer. He still can't figure it out. That's what I said. I said fucking figure it out. All right, he's crunching some numbers. Divide that by six teams. Divide that by five. And sorry, the cheese's division averaging is 125 points per game, which means our division, the meats, are averaging 13 more points a game on average through five weeks. It's not bad. I would be very interested in taking a second board bet with you. We don't have an official board. Unfortunately, Zach and I live four hours away. I left this morning from my house at around 6.45. But I'm willing to take a second board bet with you. I say the cheeses division will average more points in week six than the meats division. On So you're saying... So you're saying they're going to average more points. on average? Yes, in week six. How about we just go straight across? I say I say our division wins more games. You say your division wins more games as this is the first interdivision this is the first matchup. Interdivision matchup. I say we win four games. You say you win four games out of six. Four out of six. well, I mean, you you say your division is going to go four and two this week. What do you think your division is going to go? You think they'll break even? I'll take that bet. You say you take break even? I'll take that bet. Zach says the meats division goes it's, four and two this week. Let me let me look at the scoreboard already. Oh, I know, I know we've already started the Now week. he's walking it back. <laughs> Once again, this podcast is brought to you by Jura Sevenwood. I'm gonna have another glass. You guys stay with us. Listen for the sounds. I mean, we do have a fir- each first place team is playing the last place team in each conference. So that's chalk that up for a win on both sides. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? So you're still going four and two? Is that? I mean, a three and three bet is not a three and three bet. Just a push. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, that's a tough bet. You taking four and two, or you taking average points? I think you should take four and two and just have your balls on the line, like Dawson Knox. I I can see for sure three and three. It really depends on Pat and my's our game. Really, I don't want to get too 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 into the nitty gritty. I mean, I think that obviously the two number one seeds are going to win. Um, 
After, after that, um, Sackett's got a good lead off on Cole. Um, so that's three. And then I, I think Matt, um, Bill will probably come back and beat Matt. But um, it's really tough. Four and two is always tough. Um, Man, I, he, I, he's losing conviction very quickly. I say at the end of the year that we have more teams. I think we have we could have five teams in. We're gonna I'm talking week six. Week six? I wanted to do average points. You said you were gonna go four and well, okay, two. Well, let's go average points then. Because the, the week's already started. So it, it's kind of already changed. Okay. I mean, games have already started. I say the Cheese's division will average more fantasy points in week six than the meats. I say the meats division will have more average points than the cheeses. Put it on the board! All right. I wanted to thank every single one of you for listening to this podcast. If you have any music suggestions, if you want to add any voicemails on the Anchor website, that is always welcomed. I hope you enjoyed this. I have found a rejuvenated interest in this podcast. I'm going to continue doing off script. I'm probably going to still write down all the news because it's a little hard to keep track of. Next week, we'll get it out on the normal time and look for a special episode of the Gem City Gridiron Roundup Podcast. Once again, I am Dalton Van Pelt, Scotch on the sidelines, sipping with the Sarge, your deputy commissioner and your host of the Gem City Gridiron Podcast and my special guest, the commissioner and the Goodell Boys Club. Unfortunately, he has a championship I don't. We'll talk to you next week. Good luck to everyone, and goodbye. From the floating deck to the fire deck to a fire time, my brave and old man. Will you just be Take time to learn me like caught upon in the turnies. Restore the order, we either join or adjourning. Let's join, I'm up performing the journey. In all earnest, I go so burny. Takes another nigga to turn me. Get it straight, I ain't late on stage. I'm just sternly stating how what I do with grace takes another nigga to turn me. My returnings, like Blockbuster with a tip. And I ain't kind, but I don't hit. So you starting at the end, that's the part where you begin I skip the bullshit so we can start it where we win Yeah, spoiler alert, I can hear you all saying Boy, you're a jerk, but it's cool though No, we got a rule, yo, get it in, then we win And do it all again, huh? From a floating death, to a fire death To a fire outside my grave And oh man, or will you just be
like a Terry Fox, no leg Go ahead, don't stop Go ahead, sitting in your car Just listening to the bars And there's traffic on the ground And you feel like falling down And the music that I'm spewing Not enough to calm it down For you know you watch your car With your briefcase walking round And them dollars from the budget That went to S1 production And Sebastian on the hook Not being dug by Michael Douglas Yeah, so don't that walk through Echo Park When life's a one-on-one And you caught up in the jam Just show some love back to your number one fan From a floating death To a fire death To a fire outside my grave And all